We are back. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. And this is the latest episode of, uh, what is this, episode seven? Uh, this is episode nine. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's right. I yeah. can't count at all. It's okay. Yeah. Okay. So uh, episode nine of Loathsome Things. Hey, or, you nailed it. Yeah. Your new favorite horror movie podcast. Yeah, and this is the latest episode of it, unless you're just going back and listening to old episodes. That's correct. <laughs> because time means nothing in podcast land. Yeah, yeah. You're going to be listening to this so near when we recorded it. <laughs> You'll be listening to this next year. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah. So uh, we're, we've got a we've got a quite a fine one uh, this week. Yep. My name is Josh, and that guy that's been talking is John. I am. I'm John, otherwise known as Cock I See. <laughs> Good, yes. <laughs> Let's call it that. <laughs> John Cock I See. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Oh, my God. So, so yeah. So, this, uh, this episode, we're going to be reviewing Bob Clark's Death Dream, or otherwise known as Dead of Night. That's correct. This would be the, what is it, second or third feature film from Bob Clark? I, th- uh, uh, two? I think, I think this it, was, yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. He is an American director who was born in New Orleans, uh, grew up in Brooksville, Florida, where this film was made. And uh, but his his movies were primarily funded through Canada, through the Canadian film industry, which is uh, state funded and kind of is the reason why we have people like David Cronenberg, where they were kind of allowed to, you know, have these crazy visions and make what they wanted to make with with uh, house money. This is this is his third feature film. Oh, this is after Black Christmas and and no, this came out the same year as Black Christmas. It came out two years after Children Shouldn't Play with Dead Things, Mm -hmm. and it came out a lot of years after She Man, a story of fixation. Oh wow, I didn't even read about that one. Yeah, (laughs) oh damn, Barb, Bob, Barb, or you can call him Barb. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Barbara Clark. Yeah, (laughs) he. uh... Yeah, he he. That was his first film. Children shouldn't play with. Well, second, children shouldn't play with dead things. That one's you can find online. Uh, I know for sure because I've seen it. Yeah, uh, it shares no thematic similarities with this movie whatsoever. None at all. <laughs> uh, he uh, famously made, uh, well, probably most famously made uh, Porky's, I guess. But yep. he he uh, he. As far as horror, he made the. The slasher classic Black Christmas, which uh, has notoriously had a pretty good influence on John Carpenter when he went to make Halloween. Yep. Yep. Yes. This came out the same year as Black Christmas. So like this was this was like peak Bob Clark doing good stuff. Um, Yeah. He would later go on to direct Porky's, Porky's 2 the next day, Baby Geniuses, Super Babies, Baby Geniuses 2, <laughs> The Karate Dog, and went uncredited in his directorial finale, Blonde and Blonder, starring Pamela Anderson and Denise Richards. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yes. And then promptly was uh, sadly killed in a car crash with, I believe, his two sons, which is horrible. Holy shit. Yeah, they they got hit head on by a drunk driver. They were in their Lexus SUV apparently and got wow. hammered. 
those were not his fortunate sons. No, so this really got sad. But uh, he also made so he made the Dukes of Hazard TV movie. Oh shit! Uh, he made a, a film called Murder by Decree with Chris Christopher Plummer and Genevieve Bujold. Ooh. And uh, he also made a film called Tribute with Jack Lemon, Lemon which uh, I believe Lemon was nominated for an Oscar in that one. And uh, he also made Rhinestone, one of the biggest flops <laughs> in Hollywood history. Nice. So he what had a, a very storied interesting, career. Yeah, he really had, really had an interesting career. It seems like he kind of just did whatever the hell he wanted to, including sometimes go for the money. Did you include that he is the director of the most excruciatingly horrific Christmas film of all time and also Black Christmas? Oh, that's right. He made a Christmas story. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The, the stalwart film that all Americans love that was made in Canada. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yep. Yep. I, I will say that tongue stuck to the pole is pretty, pretty horror movie influence. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> He had his he had his bona fides down. Yep. It's so uh, that's this guy. Yeah, the that's most this white guy, guy ever, Bob that's, Clark. <laughs> correct. And this is a uh, this is this movie's uh, before we won't spoil it yet, but we will spoil it later. Um, yeah, it's uh, you know kind of a riff on uh, Vietnam War and and family dynamics and loss and yep and yeah just to just to get your teeth wet it's a. Uh, um, a a Vietnam uh, a soldier in Vietnam is uh, over there, and his family's over here in America, and they really do wish that he uh, would come home and not be dead in Vietnam. Yeah, they they would like that tremendously, yeah. especially his mom. Especially his mom. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. before we before we uh, get into it. Uh, dry off our te- let's dry off our teeth and yeah <laughs> and you uh you wanted to ask me something about this movie well yeah because uh this is this is a, a movie that you pick you mentioned a little bit about it at the end of our last episode mm-hmm. but i wanted to get more into like what drew you to this movie like what made it pop out and be like ooh, that's what i want to that's what i want to really dig into yeah i when i was sitting down that that the day that i picked it and kind of you know, going over making a list of stuff that that would be fun to review. Um, one of the things I wanted to do was was possibly you know pick something that I I didn't hadn't really heard of, but something that you know need maybe deserved a little bit more attention than it than it had received. And I saw some videos that were kind of compiling stuff and. Most of the videos weren't that adventurous. I had seen almost all the movies on the videos. They were good movies, but they were they weren't that hard to find, you know, necessarily. They weren't that that unknown, I guess you could say, especially not for horror people. But this one came up and <clears throat> they kind of gave a brief synopsis of it, and it sounded pretty interesting and I read some reviews and stuff and I just really liked the idea of it. I like I like that time period. Um Obviously, because I picked "Don't Look Now" from there as well. Um, but uh, or is it "Don't Look Back"? Oh shit! Look who's looking now. <laughs> look at the baby geniuses. Don't look now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that other movie. Anyways, yeah. Um, so yeah, so that was the one I decided to go with. And then as I read more about it, 
I discovered that that uh, you know it was made by Bob Clark, who's the same guy that did Black Christmas, which is fucking awesome. Yes, <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> and he's done, you know, he's done. I mean, I like a Christmas story. It's you know, as a as a kid, I used to like to watch it. Um, I haven't seen a lot of his other stuff either because uh, I didn't know about it. Or and like and but you know like I've seen Porky's I saw that in the theater when I was a Ute and uh, I uh, saw the Dukes of Hazard TV movie I believe oh. uh, couldn't tell you anything about it. Have but, you seen uh, Blonde and Blonder starring Pamela Anderson and Denise Richards? I have not. I didn't even know that was a movie, and I yeah. I actively avoided Rhinestone. Yeah. It's it's up there with uh, uh, like Heaven's Gate and you know some of the. Some of the other massive flops that, you know, another, there was just a, a bunch of them that uh, kind of have become notorious over the years. Yeah, I feel like I've heard people make fun of it on like retro episodes of, of Hollywood Squares. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Bob, Bob Clark, uh, interesting dude. I and mean, he co-wrote the screenplay for this movie. And uh, and I'm assuming it's probably, you know, an idea that that he had. But uh it, it it looked good, and it and from the reviews, it looked like something that would be fun to, you know, fun to review and fun to watch. And uh, looks and like you were I, right. Looks like I was right. So. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. So, whew. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So so uh, before we get into spoilers, turn this off and go watch it. It's it's available from uh, places where you can watch movies for free, which is always my preference. I yep. I like them free. Yep. Uh, I know that's not always. Uh, the best thing for the movie industry. Um, so if you want to go out and spend some money on it, I know Bob Clark could use that money because he's dead. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> but maybe he'll come back and yeah. collect his money. Oh shit. <laughs> oh, Bob. So... <laughs> so go watch it and come back and we're gonna, we're gonna just spoil everything about it. Oh, yeah, just mercilessly. Oh, so good. <laughs> All right, bye. And now, welcome back. I'm glad that you watched that movie. John, what would you say is uh, uh, one one way to spoil the movie completely? Um, Zompire? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. F- uh, fortunate Zompire. Vampy? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, uh... A handful of people die. Yeah, some and, people die. Yeah, and uh, Andy is is real fucking creepy. Yeah, yeah, he uh, he did a good job. I found out that that actor dude is like mostly a soap opera writer, but then also did some acting. Oh, really? Yeah, he did like Days of Our Lives and shit like that. I could see that. I yeah, he's got that kind of face. Yeah. The yeah. Uh, yeah, the mom, the mom, I guess, did some kind of did some of that kind of work, too, and ended up getting kind of typecast as as a mom. Yeah, actually, the mom and dad that's played by John Marley and Lynn Carter played a couple in a, a movie called Faces, and they were both uh, nominated for Academy Awards for their role as husband and wife in a marriage that's falling apart in that movie. Yeah, that's a that's the John Cassavetes film, and that movie is fucking great. Oh, I had no, I didn't know. I've never seen it or heard of it. It is I, emotionally like just intense as hell. 
whoa. So that's them. That's yeah. them. That's their marriage falling apart. And then some years later, they reunited to do this movie together. That's right. And John Marley also, by the way, is the guy in The Godfather who wakes up with the horse's head in his bed. Oh, nice. Yeah. He has he has some some epic eyebrow stuff like oh, not yeah. quite Eugene Levy, but he's like just one step down from Eugene Levy on eyebrow <laughs> stuff. Yeah, he is. He is up there. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this movie starts off in Vietnam. Uh, you could hear the song Fortunate Son playing if you close your eyes and try really hard. Yeah. Um, and we see uh, uh, there's like two soldiers going on and, and one of them gets shot. We hear his, his name is Darren and there's all kinds of like, no, don't die. Oh, it's going to be okay. You go on without me. And uh and then we see like the guy who's going to be the main character, who is Andy, and he's staring down at his buddy that's dying in the mud in Vietnam, and he hears uh, a horrible woman's voice that says, "Andy, you can't die. You promised you'd come back." And uh, and then he gets uh, shot. We see like a uh, you know a shot through the chest, and mm -hmm. uh, then he he experiences a dreamlike opening credit sequence while being <laughs> shot. It was remarkable. <laughs> it's like the 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 hydrostatic shock of the bullet ripping through his body made him imagine an opening credit sequence. Well, they've often they've often said that that sometimes when you get shot, you see your whole movie flash before your eyes. <laughs> yeah, you see your all of your executive producers flash before your eyes. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. And I, I, I think they rock the Andy right away, oh, yeah. don't they? Oh yeah, it, it's it's instantly after the credit sequence. It starts with like with Andy and all of this. <laughs> stuff going on it's actually very uh i i thought the soundtrack reminded me a lot of honeydew because it's lots of mouth noise but yeah. then also like some random stuff that we found that made creepy noises so in uh in honeydew it was them sharpening a knife and in this one it's uh them like rubbing a fork over piano strings i don't know <laughs> yeah it also had it had one of those scenes that that has popped up in some of the movies we watch where some guy is doing something incredibly annoying and, and one of the characters will call him out just out of the blue, yes. which was fucking great. Yeah. Yeah. This movie is surprisingly funny, at least at the beginning. Like uh, there, there's a lot of like shenanigans and hijinks ensuing. Yeah. There is, there is a fair amount of tomfoolery. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, I wouldn't be surprised if that one guy's name is Tom fool. <laughs> That's right. Dumb but, fool. but we'll get there yeah uh, <laughs> so we're, so we're back from nam yeah we're, it, so after after the vietnam credit sequence uh we see a family saying grace at the table a a mother uh father and daughter mm -hmm. and um they do the normal like let's just get this over with and eat grace and then the the daughter and dad start eating and then the mom is just like still praying really hard and uh, praying like completely about her son and how she wants him to come back from Vietnam uh, and how good that is. Um, <laughs> Just gonna pray so hard. Yeah, and and they're like looking over at her like, eh, what? <laughs> 
whatever. Don't pay attention to her. Just just pass the roast. That's right. Pass yeah. the taters. Yeah. That's uh she finally stops praying and and has uh has the dad carve the meat, which she thinks men should always carve the meat, oh, and that yeah. a woman shouldn't marry a man that doesn't know how to carve a roast or a turkey. <laughs> yeah. That's that's definitely number one on the list. Yeah, I'm praying for my son to come back. And now let me tell you about carving meat and my opinions. <laughs> yeah, she's got some pretty strong opinions. Yeah. <laughs> um, they have a whole conversation. The the daughter like tries to talk about something normal, but then the mom brings it back to Andy, who's at war, and about how uh, she talked to Andy's girlfriend and lied to her, telling her that they had received a letter from Andy more recently than they actually had. Mm-hmm. So as so that she won't feel bad. Yeah, that's nice of her. Yeah, he didn't write to you, but he did write to us. He's yeah. not dead. He just <laughs> whatever. Yeah, yeah. Definitely not dead. Yeah. Um, and at this point, a uh, there's a knock at the door, and there's a military officer at the door. He does not have a folded flag, but he does have something that doesn't exist anymore, as far as I know, and it's a telegram. Yeah. And a newsflash, he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> they never actually say that in this conversation, but yeah, he's dead. Yeah, I'm, I'm really sorry, Mr. Andy's father. Yeah. Mr. Here's Brooks, this, yeah. Yeah. Here, here's this telegram. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like I, to get out of here before y'all all have a sad. Yeah. Yeah. Please don't open it until I leave. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's not, we're not directly told that he's dead, but, uh, but it's inferred. Um, then we see um, it like flashes to later on that night, the dad wakes up and, and uh, the wife isn't in the bed with him. And he goes and she's in a rocking chair holding a lit candle out of her crotch like a penis yeah, and uh, rocking uh, while praying a prayer to Andy. That is the exact same script that we heard coming through whenever Andy was being shot in Vietnam. Yeah. Yeah. And really it, cool. A great. Yeah. Great scene. Very creepy. Yeah. Kind of almost a conjuring of sorts. Yeah. Yeah. Especially because then, you know, later on he's like rocking it in that, that rocking chair oh he rocks that chair hard yeah <laughs> um that's whenever we start while this is going on there's more of the whispery mouth air hose noises <laughs> intensifies Andy. yeah it's not subtle at all no no this movie is not subtle no no <laughs> uh it switches and now we're at the point of view of a hitchhiker a uh, soldier, we're told, getting picked up by a by a big rig truck driver. Mm-hmm. And it is so sev- everything is so seventies. It's great. oh yeah, <laughs> even the caricatures. Oh man, it's amazing. <laughs> that's one of the things that's so cool about low budget films is that they they wear their their era on their sleeve sometimes very clearly. You know, it's like that they just they just use what's around them you know and what's around them just happens to be 1974 or whenever they shot it 72 i think yeah the, the most identifiable aspects of them yeah like the mint green paint on the walls of their house yeah yeah oh and that crazy uh that crazy stove in their kitchen too yeah yeah that's that, awful really that that plaid pattern on dad's lazy boy chair that rotates <laughs> yeah. 
It's amazing. Yes. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, and so the the POV point of view, Andy is is very um, like I don't know. One of the things that I like about this movie is how you can see it connect to uh, Black Christmas, and you can see it connect uh, to Giallo and uh and how it like it's obviously a piece of horror cinema that is in transition between what came before and what's coming mm-hmm. it, it's 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 a really neat little uh uh time capsule of yeah horror. yeah that's true yeah yeah so uh so we see him he gets into the the big rig and then uh we see the big rig uh arrives at one of those little gas stations slash diners Mm-hmm. And there's a overbearing waitress who is married <laughs> to the stuttering cook slash husband. Yes. And uh, at the counter is the guy that I believe is the most drunk man ever. Yeah, he was <laughs> he was nuclear drunk. Yeah, yeah. I think he's a community college professor, maybe. <laughs> that guy. That guy was fantastic. Yeah. I, I looked for credits for his other acting credits. It's a sad list. <laughs> drunk 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 <laughs> dead what kind of soldier is he there's or ours yeah yeah his first line is can i see a menu <laughs> he's so he's so perfectly stereotypically drunk yeah even you you pause it and you can see it in the way that he like holds his head like the, the back of his head up so that his jaw is all the way in and uh, cocked at an angle. It's great. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, so the truck driver comes in, orders two coffees, one for himself and one for Andy. And he says that he's picked up a real weirdo who is a, a, a vet, but he doesn't say anything. Uh, and that that's when the drunk guy says, what kind of a soldier is he? One of ours or one of theirs? <laughs> And then guy, the truck driver says ours, and then he says, "Good, I thought we were being invaded." Yes. I was like, "What the fuck?" A horrible man uh, in any other movie would be murdered as one of the victims. <laughs> Not this movie. Nope. He nope. just goes on with his life. Yep, that's his last line, and we never see or hear from him again. <laughs> that drunken asshole (laughs) (laughs) and so they they give him they give him two cups of coffee and a pack of cigarettes the driver gets back into the car drives away at this moment i realized how terrifying it must be to drive one of those fucking things yeah we see a point of view camera shot again of Andy getting like climbing down out of the passenger seat and the driver's just in the driver's seat motionless and Mm -hmm. Andy then turns and walks away and then is outside of a house with lots of mouth sounds and is approaching the house that you know we assume to be the families then the point of view shot changes again and now it's inside the house going into the bedroom and like looming over the dad who is asleep in the bed Mm -hmm. super super good really really interesting cinematography because then at this point it turns out that our point of view has changed from Andy to his sister and his sister then, you know, says, I heard something and that scares the dad awake. And now it's a normal scene where we see she's come in because she heard something come into the house downstairs. Yeah. 
dad gets his gun out of the drawer and yeah such a cool dad move yeah <laughs> that's my big moment finally mm-hmm. get to use this so so the family's like creeping around the house scooby-doo gang st- uh, style <laughs> and uh the dog almost shoot or the dad almost shoots the dog butch the dog <laughs> yeah butch the dog he's just like yeah almost shoots him and the dog when they they figure out the dog got in because the front door is open so they go and close the door and who's hiding behind the open part of the door but andy yeah that wasn't creepy at all no yeah just looming behind the fucking door like a shadow with the worst smile on his face oh yeah (laughs) they should have just shot him right then yeah he almost did the dad like pointed the gun at him that dad that dad should not have a gun obviously this movie goes on to prove that he should not have a gun (laughs) yes that's no kidding (laughs) so then they uh they're so happy that he's home and and they like sit him down and like talking about him talking about how excited the neighbors will be how all the neighbors want to see him and and uh, how they, they're like, oh, they told us you were dead, but look at you. Yeah, you showed them. <laughs> yeah, Andy was obviously beloved in the community. Uh, yeah. So whatever that was about, I guess just he was just a fun loving kid who everybody loved. And, yep. you know, there was it was a huge loss to the community when he left and now he's dead. And oh, it's, so, you know, it's so wonderful to have you back. All of them, all of them are happy. The The sister is happy, dad happy, mom super happy. And they're all just like doting on him. But yeah, they uh, when they said, uh, they're like, oh, they, they told us you were dead. And he says, I was. And then there's just this super long, uncomfortable pause. And then they just all start laughing. And then they laugh for like what feels like 10 hours. They laugh for like, yeah, 10 hours while the 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 camera spends a long time zooming in on their teeth. And like you can count how many fillings they all have. It's a very strange scene. And as they continue to laugh, it, it zooms out like from the window looking into the house and backing away still watching them while they're all it was so uncomfortable oh my god yeah yeah it's a it's a real weird thing um one of the things that i thought was cool about this scene is they've got like him right next to his sister and you Mm -hmm. can just see how fucking much like how more pale he is than her yeah he looks terrible yeah yeah he 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 does not look like he's gotten any of that good vietnamese sun (laughs) no not not a ray yeah police are investigating the uh the truck driver who is dead and like all fucked up in the driver's seat of his big rig. Yeah. He's got a big jagged, disgusting like gash across his neck. His throat yeah. looks, it was actually pretty decent yeah. effect there. And uh, he's all bloodied and you know, they, they've got the cops there and they're, you know, investigating and, yeah. and it, we see Andy at, at one point it cuts to Andy just sitting in his rocking chair with just rocking back and forth. Yeah. <laughs> and it's on the second floor, the the rocking chair. So you can hear it downstairs in the yeah. house. Yeah. At first, I I, I forgot that the, they, we had seen the mom in the rocking chair. I thought he was like out on the patio. Yeah. And then the next time he's in the chair, the dad says he's 
yeah, he's upstairs in that damn thing. And I'm like, upstairs? What is it? They have an upstairs patio? And then I realize I'm just an idiot. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a, it's in the Andy room that the mom would go into to light a candle in her crotch and pray. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> she would light her crotch dong and pray for Andy to return. Yeah, so good. It switches, and now we're at uh, the coroner's office where the uh, where a horrible, horrible police officer is just like, being a horrible police officer around the corpse while the doctor's trying to do his job. Mm-hmm. And he says, boy, they really rip them up, don't they? And the doctor's <laughs> yeah. like, they? What are you talking about? The doctor was such a dick. <laughs> yeah, I guess they do. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's such a weird little, like, flash of a scene, but it, it really gives you an idea about these police officers, I guess. Yeah, they're really incompetent. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, I don't know. I think, I think next is when the mailman walks up. Oh yeah. The family is having a little picnic Mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah, the mailman walks up and, uh, I mean, you know, look who's here, mail dude. (laughs) Yeah. And then the mailman's like, first is like, oh, what's that? Egg salad sandwich? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He sees that they're eating egg salad sandwiches and he gets after it. He's such an ass face. After talking about um, about what happened when his dog had eaten pickles and <laughs> about the one time that he had, like, renters that clogged up the plumbing. <laughs> Great oh mailman. God. Just the best. Yeah. So, so then he starts telling World War II stories because Andy's there and he's like, oh, yeah. Back from war. Hey, I remember World War II stories. You know, some of my friends died and others got shot in the ass. <laughs> yeah, clearly this is not sitting well with Andy. Yeah, Andy's not having a good time. And of course, this idiot is completely oblivious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he does handle the mail and he notices, he's like, hey, you went over there with Darren. Darren hasn't, uh, you know, written home to his uh, to his family a long time, and I don't think that's right. He shouldn't do that. That's right. And then that's I think that's when Andy flips out. Yeah, Andy Andy gets real pissed off and like stomps away because we know that like the last thing he saw before dying was Darren dying. But of yeah. course, Mister Horrible Mailman does not know that. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> probably wouldn't have cared if he did. Yeah, because he's a douche. Yeah, he's he's a horrible man, and uh, I, I think his part in this movie is also over, right? I believe so. I don't think we see him again. There's a whole lot of like really throwaway characters in here that 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 were all just so ripe to be murdered. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, like, yeah, this mailman obviously should be murdered. Uh, that the drunk at the diner should have been murdered instead. The just okay truck driver got murdered yeah the the charitable truck driver got murdered yeah i got you this coffee you weird ass <laughs> um so then it cuts and we're back at the diner and they're questioning the diner couple uh the husband has an intense stutter so the wife is always like waiting for him to just remind her of ideas with the first syllable of words and then she cuts him off and explains the whole rest of the thing yeah <laughs> And one of the people that's questioning them is a horrible Elvis cop. Did you oh, notice yeah. that? What is with the Elvis cop? I don't know, but but they're being they're being questioned by Elvis cop. Like he, he just I mean he had full on 
Elvis sunglasses. Yeah, yeah. The and kind of kind of had a pompadour. Yeah, yeah. Just just horrible late stage Elvis cop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Vegas Elvis. Yeah, not not the good one. No, no. <laughs> Um, and so like, they're telling him about, oh yeah, there's this, uh, uh, soldier hitchhiker that was with him. He said he was weird. I guess that's the guy what killed him. Yeah. Um, and then it's, uh, then that scene is done too. This, this movie really like moves around in, in a, a strange way. It, 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 it's all chopped up and sometimes has, uh, some congruity errors, Yeah, but, but it's okay. It's still really good. Yeah. It moves pretty quickly. There's usually something going on. Yeah. Uh, so it goes back to the house and uh, the 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 most the world's most annoying rocking chair. Yeah, and the world's most badass turtleneck. Oh God! Yeah. <laughs> Andy uh, is in that chair again, rocking just slowly back and forth, and wearing the most amazing white turtleneck. Yep. <laughs> yeah, he for for uh, what he is, he's got some some rad style. Yeah, yeah. He looks like he looks like some sort of weird zombie uh, spy. Yeah. Um, and so so the the mom and the dad are arguing because he's he's acting so different. The dad's mad that he's acting different. And uh, she's like, well, you're the one that made him go off to war. And he said, I went to war. And when I came back, I didn't act like he's acting. And, and the whole reason we sent him off to war in the first place is so that you wouldn't turn him into a mama's boy. <laughs> and in response to this, Andy leaves. Yeah. The already dead Andy is a little butthurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Andy has a, a, a now has established a tendency that whenever he doesn't like a situation, he just stands up and walks away. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Andy is uh, concerned with his emotional well-being, as he should be. <laughs> yes. Um, no kidding. Yeah. Uh, the, as he's getting, as he's leaving, the dog barks at him, and doesn't like him, and uh, the the mom gets mad at the dog, and the uh, the dad says, "Hey, don't don't fuck with my dog. He's a dog." And yeah, she hits him. Yeah, yeah. She like <laughs> smacks the dog right by the refrigerator. Yeah, yeah. He's like, "Hey, don't do that." And then she snaps at the dad, and she's like, "Oh, you never wanted Andy to come back from the war anyway, did you?" I know she's she's a little rough. Yeah. Yeah, and and this is about the time where you can be like, oh wait a minute, is the whole script of this movie like uh uh about the the entire uh soldiers returning from Vietnam War and this is just a microcosm of it? Yeah, uh maybe could be. <laughs> yeah, a grief a grief riff. Yeah. Um. So Andy leaves. He uh, we see him watching a woman undress through a window because it's the seventies. Yeah, and we hear like every cricket and frog on the planet apparently <laughs> going off at the same time. Yeah, but I mean it is Florida, so they probably just sent, they just recorded the ambient sounds at night there. Yeah, yeah. Probably filmed in Canada is Florida. No, it was actually it was actually filmed in Brooksville, Florida, the town that they call it. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So were those actual police cars? Because those looked real fake. I don't know if those were actual police cars, but I mean, when they showed the trees with the Spanish moss, that was legit. Okay. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So I guess he's using Canadian money and shooting 
in the asshole of Florida, which is the last place on earth I would want to make a movie. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it looked it looked creepy enough. That was a good graveyard. It did. It it had this. It looked like American suburbia in the seventies, but it was a part of America that you know, unless you've been to Florida, just looks very strange, kind of swampy and weird, and all the bug sounds are are. They really are normal. I mean, my mom lived in Florida, and it was that that way. Whenever we'd go out, walk around, like walk her dog at night, it was just it was like the symphony of bugs and frogs. The place Gross. is horrible. I hate Florida. Yeah, it's the Australia of America. Not uh, in that they're awesome people, but in that the horrible monsters that are the inhabitants. Yeah, you think that's gross? Check this out. That's Florida. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, what happens next? Oh yeah. Then, uh, so he leaves, he goes from watching a lady undress through the window. Then he goes to a graveyard and we see him like kneel down in front of a, a tombstone and start mm-hmm. like scratching into it. Yeah. He's, he's like carving something into the tombstone, but we're seeing the tombstone from the back. So we don't really see what he's putting in there. Yeah. And, uh, and then it switches and now he's in a lawn chair, just soaking up some rays in the yard. And at this point, uh, the dad, like, pops out through the bushes, and uh, he has invited all of the horrible neighborhood children to come over and bother Andy. All the kids who love Andy so much, and then they're just swarming him. Yeah, just telling him, asking him things, telling him things. Like, one kid's like, oh, I'm taking karate, Andy, and they just, they all think he's so cool. And I'm glad you mentioned it, because I didn't even really, like, think about the fact that this entire community fucking loves Andy. Oh, Andy is the tits to these people. Yeah, he must have been such a cool guy before. I mean, he probably molested all the children in the entire town. (laughs) Is that yeah. bad? <laughs> That's why that kid is learning martial arts. <laughs> hey, Andy, check it out. I know karate. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, that kid that kid tries to do a little karate move, which flips, uh, which makes Andy flip out and defend himself against a small child. <laughs> yeah. So he, like, jumps up and, like, blocks this kid's fake karate chop. And uh, that scares the kid and makes the dog start barking. So Andy reaches down and picks up the dog by the throat and just slowly strangles it to death. That was horrible. Yeah. It was a really fucking upsetting scene. I don't know. I I don't know if there was a cruelty to animal done in this movie. Like, I doubt that he actually killed that dog, but it looked like he was actually holding that dog and that it was struggling to get away. Definitely when he first picked it up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they obviously they cut to like a fake dog, but but there was like, yeah, a couple seconds there that looked pretty dicey. Yeah. Yeah. It's not great. Uh, um, and they even they even have like this one kid that I don't remember seeing in the rest of the scene who's just this like horrible, horrible little cartoon child crying his eyes out while doing that thing where you like put one one finger up to your front tooth. oh yeah yeah. that was excruciating yeah it's 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 a great scene i hope the dog's okay i'm sure it's dead now well it's definitely dead now yeah (laughs) it's the only dog that's lived 40 years 50 years um and so so then there's there's a whole family argument the dad's mad andy pushes him for being an asshole 
the mom blames the dad for the whole whole thing and so the dad does what any good 70s dad does he goes to the bar to get drunk yeah yeah he promptly goes to the bar and starts slamming shots yep Yep. And uh, there is the world's worst bartender who is uh, trying to be like, hey, man, maybe you shouldn't drink so much. Here's another drink. Also, <laughs> don't you think it's gross that they use the word nuptials in the newspaper? Yeah, what the hell? He's he's really concerned with nuptials. He's like, when was the last time you had nuptials? Even the doc shows in the, the coroner from earlier in the movie. It's like, hey, doc, when was the last time you had nuptials? stupid yeah it's real weird that's like oh i think i had the once just some little weird comic relief i like when the bartender gives the the doctor the he's been drinking sign oh yeah yeah the doctor comes yeah he he does the whole like glug glug with the hand yeah gesture (laughs) he's such a dude of course he's drinking you idiot he's in a bar you gave him this alcohol (laughs) oh such a piece of shit (laughs) yeah <laughs> um let's see the the doc asks him what's wrong and he tells him that he lost his dog and then he like because he's drunk oh yeah i guess we haven't mentioned that andy wants his return to be kept a secret so like yeah. they weren't supposed to tell the neighbors but then they just keep telling the neighbors and every time they tell a neighbor he ends up leaving um and now he tells the doc that he's back and that he strangled the dog and that he isn't acting right so he the doc wants to come over and so he invites him over uh to talk to andy and then it's a, a weird um good slasher scene where we see the sister through mm-hmm. the uh, uh window in the kitchen mm-hmm. and she is scooping something disgusting out of a can <laughs> <laughs> yes it's like a can a, an enormous can full of the most grotesque something uh <laughs> and it's really really gross looking but then we find out it's dog food so that makes it okay <laughs> it's it's okay except the dog is dead yeah yeah so she's like hey where is he <laughs> and the mom's like he's not coming back she won't explain that the dog's dead she just says that the dog is gone that he's not coming back and the sister's like, what the fuck are you talking about? She's like, like, Don't worry acceptable. about it. The dog's gone. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. You know, just accept that. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, these people are weird. Yeah. Uh, what? Are, what's their name? Uh, the, 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 the names of the characters. Let's see. Christine is the daughter. Uh, Christine. No, Christine is the mom, I think. Yeah. Catherine is the is the daughter and the the dad's name was uh oh god, what was his name? Charlie. Oh yeah, that's right, Charlie. Yeah. So uh so Brooks. yeah, there. Hmm? Brooks. Brooks. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Brooks. I couldn't remember the last name. So yeah, these are these are some weird Brookses. Yeah. <laughs> Not um, your average Brooks. Yeah. <laughs> um so uh uh while all this is going on, the the uh, whatever Catherine is explaining to Christine, or Christine is explaining to Catherine, I don't know which one, uh, that they're planning a double date with her and her boyfriend Bob, and uh, Andy and his girlfriend from before he left for war, Joanne. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's got this great plan to. They're going to surprise uh, Andy by having him reunite with his his former flame. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. Even though, you know, Andy isn't creepy at all, and there's no reason why anybody might want to run that by Andy first. Yeah, yeah. And they also have, they still, Joanne does still not know that Andy's back from war. Uh, yeah. This is the person that the mom talked about lying to at the beginning of the movie, saying that they'd gotten letters from him that they hadn't gotten. Right. Um, and so even though a a clutch of horrible neighborhood children and a mailman know that andy's back joanne still doesn't know that andy's back so there <laughs> it's not just a double date for her it's a double blind date slash surprise reunion with your veteran boyfriend yeah it's really a terrible idea to be honest <laughs> yeah joanne does not get the best of this movie <laughs> no no she really doesn't <laughs> poor joe man yeah so we know that that's their plan uh, whenever the doc comes in, Andy's in there just rocking away on the rocking chair, asks him some questions about, you know, like, hey, when would you come back? How'd you get here? Stuff like that. And that's when we find out that he arrived uh, between three and four o'clock in the morning. Ooh, it's another hour of the wolf reference. Yeah, Andy. yeah. And so after all these questions, uh, Andy starts getting pissed off and he's like, well, fuck you, doctor, and and leaves and then the the doctor tells the daddy's like hey um there's this driver that was murdered and i'm gonna have to tell the police you know it's just my job sorry but i'll give you until tomorrow to do it yeah yeah the dad is all <laughs> even though he's been you know not particularly supportive of of Andy's return because he's obviously very d dubious about what the hell's going on. Yeah, yeah, he did just see his son strangle their beloved dog to death. <laughs> yeah, but then suddenly he's—I guess—he gets paternal for a second and wants to protect him. Yep, yep. Um, so, and then uh, once the the doctor leaves, uh, uh, the dad goes back in to talk to Andy about it. But apparently, Andy had also skedaddled in a car. And uh, the the mom is mad. She says that you'd leave too if your father came home drunk. <laughs> she's she's merciless. Yeah, she really is. Yeah, she's just unrelenting. Oh man, it's it's so so uncomfortable. Yeah, real healthy family. <laughs> and so so then it then the story then the camera follows the doctor who goes home. Uh, he has a, a really cool house. Um, but as he's like walking up to his front door, he hears rustling in the bushes mm -hmm. and we hear the, the sharp violin music that has recently started. Oh man, it is. And it is sharp. Yeah, it is. It is just sharp and rapid. And... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty, pretty nerve wracking. Yeah. Yeah. This movie does. It's like, well, maybe you're feeling comfortable while watching this movie. We don't want that for you. Let me just introduce. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's, it now is flipping between the doctor going into his uh, menacingly dark home, which he does not turn any of the lights on. <laughs> and Andy's dad, who has locked himself in the closet with a bottle of booze because he's got some serious boozing to do and yeah. a box of photographs. Oh yeah, that's right. Look at this photograph. <laughs> Then they start playing Nickelback. Yeah, it's very, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anachronistic. 
Um, then the doctor answers the phone, or no, he's on the phone with the police department while he hears someone like walking around in his house and does not talk to them. They're even like, they're like, what's the matter? Uh, you know, like tell us your address, tell us your name, tell us what's going on. And he just doesn't say anything because he's distracted. And then they're like, if you can't talk, please just tap the phone. Like they're trying real hard. And he just like called them to be like, I'm going to share some information. And then he just hangs up this phone while suspecting someone is in his house. <laughs> yeah. For, for a doctor, he's yeah. not real bright. Yeah. Yeah. He, he even at one point in the house turned the lights on to get a good look at the room and then turned them back off. <laughs> and so he's just walking around his house at night after hearing things rustling around the outside of the house and now like hearing things. It's I don't know. It's fucked up. <laughs> yeah, it that that's something about movies. I don't know where that changed. It, and it hasn't changed completely because some movies still do this, but. It seemed like in all movies back then, people always did really, really stupid shit. Like there was yeah. no no thought given for a lot of the decisions that people would make. There was something very unnatural about people's behavior in movies in the 60s and 70s. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, well, and, and all the decades before. That realism wasn't really – it just wasn't a thing, I guess. Maybe they thought people wouldn't like it. It would be too real. I don't know what it was, but – there was always this disconnect in, in movies and you get a lot of that in this too. Yeah. Yeah. It, the, it, there's, there's a lot of problems like that in horror, you know, like I, I think they, they replaced the woman that just pushes herself up against a wall and go like turns her head to one side mm -hmm. as a reaction to a horrific thing to then the, you know, runaway fall down girls. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the final girl who, who just suddenly has lost the ability to run. Yeah, just cannot take five steps in a row. <laughs> so ridiculous. And and this guy who just walks around his house in the dark and then sees a shadow across the doorway, so he goes to open the door to the creepy stranger in the middle of the night. <laughs> yeah, another another really smart move on the doctor's part. Yeah, the coroner that has uh, seen the recent murder suspects that it's Andy and uh, then just yeah. opens the door to Andy. Whoa, what a shock. <laughs> who says, I'm here for my appointment. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Uh, uh, maybe we can do this another time, Andy. Yeah. No, but, we're doing it now. Yeah. In your office. So they go into his fucking office in his house. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so he makes the doctor feel his pulse. He has no pulse. He makes the doctor put a stethoscope up to his heart. He has no heartbeat. And yeah. he tells the doctor, I died for you. Why shouldn't you return the favor you owe me? <laughs> yeah. Was that some sort of commentary on the martyrdom of dying in war or something? I'm, I'm sure not. <laughs> It was just a dumb line. Yeah, just okay. a throwaway badass one-liner. Okay, got it. Yeah. <laughs> so then he he murders the fuck out of the doctor, and uh, with and a then, syringe. Yeah, with a syringe, just stabs him with a syringe to death. Which which would probably take ten hours. Yeah, yeah. You got to really perforate that heart. You can kill somebody with a fucking syringe. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, and then he uses the the like rubber connective 
lines of the stethoscope Mm -hmm. to tie off and main lines a huge syringe full of the doctor's blood (laughs) tie off he's fucking dead no 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 no. he ties off his own arm i know why would you tie off your own arm if you were dead oh you know that that's a good point (laughs) maybe i don't know anything about drugs (laughs) he has he has no fucking blood pressure. Why does he need to tie off? <laughs> That's a good point. I guess it wouldn't look as cool if he didn't. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> now we know why the the truck driver had uh, uh, needle holes in his arm. Yeah, it, it does explain why he had needle holes in his arm, but it doesn't explain why his neck was chewed the fuck off. Yeah, I apparently... <laughs> apparently andy hadn't perfected the art of killing yet yeah yeah it it it's real weird this movie this movie has some issues yeah yeah that's normal yeah that's the 70s <sighs> yeah but yeah it's it's a pretty effective scene and then we even see like uh like after he injects himself with the doctor's blood he even like does the whole like head lean back eyes roll up um like heroin thing yeah, and if you notice, he this is where you start to realize and put it kind of put it together. And although they don't say it, if he doesn't get blood for a certain amount of time, he's basically starts decaying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Because whenever he comes into the the doctor's house, we see that he's like paler and wrinkly and pasty and gross. Yeah, he's got that that you know. I, I think they put like some kind of a glue on your skin, and it sh- when it dries, your skin shrinks up. Yep. So he's got that look to him, you know that that. Uh, it's it's a good effect. I mean, it works. You know, it doesn't. He doesn't. It does make him look older than he is. But more than anything, it just makes him look unhuman. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 really effective. And then and then he looks mostly better the next day. Yeah, he's back to his pallid but not super wrinkly self. Yeah, he's been rejuvenated. <laughs> he's yep. some sort of vambi. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, that I, I thought that was weird. I thought that um, putting in the the thing about him like mainlining blood and it being like a, a, a soldiers returning from war and all that is left for them is drugs type thing. Yeah. I mean, I, it it's very effective. It's it's mm-hmm. very uh, un um, unsubtle. Mm-hmm. But I also it just it's only right there. Yeah. And it's nowhere else in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was a little odd. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely see what they were going for. It was a cool thing that they were going for. It just felt a little, um, a little clumsy. And w- one thing I really do like about this movie is it's they really don't explain anything, Mm-mm. like how this is happening. It doesn't really fucking matter. Like it just happened. Yeah, no it 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 doesn't it doesn't answer questions. It's really. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's uh it's part of that artistic movement at the time, you know, like with Don't Look Now, where it's 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 really it's achieving effects, and it's more worried with that than with um a fully explained storyline. Yeah, and I think that it it I think part of the the judgment there is that it would be more effective if if it's not just handed to you because it leaves those kind of leaves some questions un, unanswered, even though you can kind of. You know, I mean, obviously you, you're going to surmise that there's some sort of supernatural thing going on, but, but, you know, I mean, it's still open. It could be all kinds of things. Yep. Yep. 
Yeah, it's it's interesting. And it even does that in the very final scene. It doesn't really give an answer. It's just this really like effective, incredible scene, but yeah. it doesn't cap anything off. Yeah, it really does get better by the like like exponentially better by the second near the end of the movie. Oh yeah, yeah. It it, it gets real wild those last five minutes. <laughs> um so let's see uh it goes back to the house uh the mom is like snipping at the sister talking about how uh you know if you you used to never come to me with your problems and he always came to me with his problems that's why i love him more she doesn't quite say that but that's you know the the family situation going on there yeah she she all but says i i like him and i don't like you yeah yeah, which later she will basically say exactly that. I know she she even she even steps over that line eventually. Yeah, yeah, she's not 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 doing so great right now. <laughs> no. um, she ends up uh, spilling the beans to Andy about the surprise double date uh, and how it's going to be a surprise for Joanne, um, uh, and then uh, then it switches and now we finally get to meet Joanne his mm-hmm. his his uh flame of yesteryear and uh she's a a charming individual she like doesn't like blind dates she's done blind dates and thinks that they're dumb and then she like (laughs) waffles back and forth and she's like well all i do is watch tv so i guess so and then she's like "Mm, no actually i don't want to (laughs) yeah (laughs) she's actually pretty cool yeah yeah she's a a a very quickly a fully realized character uh, mm-hmm. uh uncertain and somewhere between confident and self-conscious it, it's really interesting like how quickly they established her as a, a realized character she's uh, one of the only genuine people in the movie really yeah yeah she's one of the she's i'm probably the character that sucks the least <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> that's true yeah um and uh after so like after all of this like back and forth and her like ending on the conclusion that she doesn't want to go on a blind date with them they finally tell her that it's andy and she's super excited like just so happy yeah yeah happy but but kind of like you know hey they gonna like me still (laughs) oh i look old now do i look old oh are my teeth crooked yes Do I have 60s hair in a 70s movie? Am I working in the goofiest looking 1970s floral shop ever? (laughs) So so that's going on. Then we get a father-son talk where he's asking Andy if Andy's like, you're not mixed up in any kind of trouble, are you? (laughs) The the lamest father-son talk. (laughs) You're not a serial killer, are you? You wouldn't happen to be uh, murdering a bunch of people, eh? stupid ass yeah that's when we find out uh some maniac killed the the doctor uh we hear oh it's like overhearing someone saying some maniac killed the doctor and it's probably the same guy that killed that truck driver um and it flashes back to andy in his bedroom and we can see that he is starting to rot and have maggots in parts of him yeah that was really disgusting yeah (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> By the way, we did see the mailman again. We see the mailman uh, at the in the scene where he's he's delivering mail and he walks by the empty doghouse. Mm. And uh it and then it cuts to the part where the mom's being a total cunt to the sister. Yep, that's but, right. Uh, 
at that moment, the mailman is whistling the Camp Town races. Oh, good. <laughs> I just remembered that. <laughs> Fucking douchebag. Oh, well, there's worse things he could whistle. That's true. <laughs> so Andy's Andy's hands are rotting now. We've got all of this thing, and Joanne is coming over for uh, the big double date with, with Andy's sister and with Bob. <laughs> Bob. Good old Bob. Yeah. He looks like... Good. Good old Bob, who looks exactly like Jason Schwartzman. Yes, yes. He looks like a short Jason Schwartzman. <laughs> Which would make him like two feet tall. Yeah, he's he's just Jason Schwartzman's dad. <laughs> it's, it's, I'm glad you mentioned it because I couldn't remember his name. <laughs> I was just sitting there watching this scene and I was like, oh, okay, yeah. Like, oh my God, he looks exactly yep. like Jason Schwartzman. Oh, Bob. Good job. <laughs> you you made that mustache popular with one actor in the future. <laughs> That's right. Um, and so so they're all like excited about it and they're waiting for Andy to come downstairs. And we see that Andy's um, solution to having gross eyes and rotting skin with maggots on his hands yeah. is to go full-blown giallo dress. Yeah, with, with the, the shiny black gloves and the big dumb sunglasses. The most ridiculous sunglasses. Yeah, yeah, it looks like he just got done at the eye doctor. Yeah. It was impressive. Yeah. And those gloves, it's just like especially from from this era, you see those black gloves on it's like, "Oh, okay. I see what's about to go down." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and so he goes downstairs and they're all excited to see him. And, um, uh, uh, what is, uh, jo Joanne comes up to hug him and he like grabs both of her arms by the wrist and prevents her from hugging him and just says, hello, Joanne. <laughs> hello, Joanne. Yeah. And, and then it's time for, um a brother-sister double date, which is a very uncomfortable thing to me. <laughs> I just, I, I don't understand the, that dynamic of let's go on a double date. You and your girlfriend in the back seat, me and my boyfriend in the front seat. Yeah, because they're, what are they, 12? I don't know. They go to the, uh, they go to the, like, foot-long hot dog store. <laughs> um yeah the coney coney drive-in or whatever yep yep and uh um uh so so all of this their their double date is going on while the dad goes to the uh goes to the police to mm -hmm. uh and, and we're not really sure exactly why he's going to the police at that point but um so they're having a, a double date and he goes in and he starts telling the detective this stuff while a completely brand new horrible policeman is fucking with the fucking blinds he's just uh, shutting them up shutting them down shutting them up over and over again super loud like going from slow to doing it really fast it's so fucking annoying <laughs> it's the worst it's like wow is this just gonna go on forever yeah, <laughs> to the point like the, the dad's trying to like say stuff and keeps looking over at him and the, the, the like police captain that he's talking to is like looking over and like finally it feels like two minutes into the scene the, the police captain is finally like 
what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> so great. Don, what the hell are you doing? Like, yeah, what the hell are you doing, dude? Yeah, he finally stops. And then he starts pacing around back and forth behind the dad. <laughs> Just the worst. Terrible cop. Yeah. Uh, and so then it, it, it flips back and they're, um, they're at the, the double date. Joanne sees his gross arm wound underneath the glove. Yeah. Um, and that's just like a, a quick flash. It goes back to the dad who's, uh, um, uh, describing his interaction with the doctor before the doctor died mm-hmm. and saying that, Oh yeah, the doctor said that he had to go back because he had an appointment with, uh, some returning soldier. That's certainly not my son. In fact, he's not even from around here and he was going to meet him at his house at nine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's, he's making up a story in order to protect Andy from the police. Yeah, which is absolutely ridiculous. What a great idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it, it uh, they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> the horrible cop is like skeptical of it, but they're like, um, oh, oh okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right. Cool story, dude. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, and then, uh, then it switches back and they're talking about going to the, uh, going to the drive-in mm-hmm. and uh, they ask what's playing and and bob says who watches right andy <laughs> and he says right bob <laughs> and i swear i've fucking heard that sound bite before it sounds like so familiar and it's so just pitched differently than the rest of the movie it's really really effectively creepy yeah yeah he's he's really good at being creepy for yeah. sure Oh, and then and then uh, it switches to Joanne, who after after they say all of that, she like looks Andy up and down and says, hello. It's like, oh, oh, no. <laughs> uh, it switches now and, and the mom is watching news and sees all of the news about murderers and realizes that, it, oh, obviously, this is my wonderful son, Andy, that is murdering people. <laughs> yeah, just just uh, conveniently shuts it off right before they mention it being a soldier. Yeah. Or possibly being a soldier. Yep. Um, so so her and the, the dad get into a whole argument. Uh, she says it's his fault. And he tells her that she that he lied to the police to throw them off the trail. And and they're, they're, uh, she says that they're going to have to take Andy away. Um, uh, the dad is, finds out about the double date and is like, oh, I've got to go track him down and gets his gun. Yeah, of course. And is this the one where he talk? They talk about the daughter and how the mother's like, "Oh, I don't care about her." Yeah, it, it could be. I I can't remember exactly. I don't think I made that note there, but I'm trying to remember when she says it's 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 rough though. Yeah, yeah, it's it's not great. <laughs> it's, I mean, just tell your daughter I never liked you anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, so the dad the dad gets his gun and goes to find them. We see them there at the drive-in. The double feature is Death in Space, which is a real movie, and The Space Knots, which I could not find any evidence of it being a real movie. Oh wow. Yeah. Uh, and there's there's that weird like piano string fuckery music going on and <laughs> uh, the the Bob and and the sister get out of the car to give them time alone, and she doesn't understand why Andy's acting weird, and she asks if he's mad, and he says, 
I'm not mad or anything, as if to signify that he's dead inside. Yes, he has no feelings whatsoever. No feelings. And then he starts <laughs> sweating rotten, gross liquid out of his forehead. <laughs> yeah, he starts he starts sweating chocolate milk. Yeah, it's, it's super, super gross. It's like, what the hell is that? <laughs> just, just dripping right out of his hairline. This brown sludge just... Yeah running down his face yeah and uh and uh right in the middle and it's 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 right in the middle of like joanne expressing sincere feelings at him yeah so then he starts dripping body fluid and uh and then he attacks her yeah doesn't she doesn't doesn't his glove come off partially at some point and she sees the maggoty hand yeah that was that was earlier which did right. not turn her off and then this this is when the the sunglasses go off and she sees that he has like jaundice eyes and wrinkly skin oh that's right yeah he looks he looks assy yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it's not hot no <laughs> and uh, and so then he he attacks her and kills her in the back seat and right around then is when his sister and Bob come back to the car, which is locked. And they're like, hey, come on, lovebirds, let us in there. And so then he unlocks it for them, go, <laughs> goes back to his killing business in the back seat. And they get in the front seat and are just like only slightly bothered with them what doing what they think is like heavy necking or something yeah <laughs> like oh that's just my brother in the back seat getting hard <laughs> that's my brother laying pipe in the back seat jesus christ yeah they even say the line i hope i'm not distur- disturbing you lovebirds Oh, so gross. So then they realize that something's wrong because Andy like pops up and he looks like a vampire and his face is covered in blood. Yeah, he looks real, real bad. Yeah. It's there's pretty much no hiding that something terrible is happening now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So then they freak out and get out of the car and and he chases them down and strangles the fuck out of Bob. Yeah. Uh, Thank God. Uh, yeah. Murders Bob to death. Um, and then his sister is running away, so he jumps back into the car to chase her down with a car. <laughs> and <laughs> and then she's like, does the girl, you know, like movie girl fall down bit. Mm-hmm. And then there's just some random other guy crawling around on the ground with her. Yeah, what was that? It was like a kid, right? Yeah, some some kid. Like, it's not Bob, wearing completely different clothes. Yeah. And and helps her get out of the way. And then he gets run over back and forth multiple times by the car. Oh, man, does he get run over. Yeah, like, just, just destroyed. He gets run over and over and over. Yeah. It's disgusting. Yeah, the, the, scene, the scene ends with him finally backing over the kid again so that he can make his getaway. <laughs> you see his legs rolling as the guard moves. Yeah. That was pretty gross. It's pretty intense. And it's it's so weird because who the fuck was that kid? And why why did he want to kill him that much? Yeah, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't enough to just kill him. He was like, oh, I've got to I've got to squeeze everything out of that corpse. I mean, it's not he was he wasn't drinking his blood or anything. Nope. Or, or you just just became extremely murderous. Yep, yep. And and so so now at this point, you know, he's killed Joanne, poor Joanne. Um, and with her he wasn't like or maybe he was maybe we just didn't see him syringing joanne but but it looked like he you know based on all the blood on his 
mouth. He was just drinking her blood through the neck. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. So why did he need the syringe in the first place? Yeah. And then with the with the with the truck driver, he had like neck business and syringe business. <laughs> He's still working on his technique. Yeah. If it if it had been, I don't know. I don't know. That one's hard for me. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So it's a little bit of a little bit of a hole there. Yeah, him him going from the syringe to the to the neck would have been like a progression of like, oh, obviously he's getting worse. Yeah, but they didn't quite land that. So no, I, no, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, me either. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, so now he's driving around in a car with his dead girlfriend's body in the back seat. Um. I think they're then they're at the the police are questioning people at the movie theater. Oh yeah, I think that's right. I think Elvis Cop is back, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, Elvis Cop is back, and they're in front of a movie poster for the movie The Death Master, which <laughs> nice. I looked up. It looks terrible. <laughs> Drive-in classic. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, it's back at the home. Andy's in his rocking chair, that, and his mom is like doting on him. The dad comes into the room with a gun. Oh, yeah, this is it. That's whenever the mom says, quote, I don't care about Catherine. That's right. Because they're wondering where she is. And she, you know, they figure the dad figures that he probably killed her along with Bob and Joanne. Um, I don't care about Catherine. (laughs) Yeah. Jesus. Wow. (laughs) Wonderful. Wonderful mom. Yeah. God. Uh, You should get that like cross stitched into a throw pillow. <laughs> um, and then uh, he's mad at Andy and he says, stand up and face me. He's got the gun and Andy stands up and faces him. And he is all kinds of zombie fucked up looking. He looks so cool. He's got like a huge like pustule on his forehead. Yeah. That makeup is fantastic. Yeah. It looks really gross, like really disturbing. Yeah. And now he's like walking all zombie style, like all stiff and arms out. Like his, he's got like, armpit rashes yeah, he's not doing well yeah <laughs> and he's not having a good time anymore turns out the blood just isn't doing it for him yeah um and so like the dad is like obviously like going to shoot him but then uh just can't bring himself to do it so he walks into the other room and kills himself yeah that was pretty rough yeah <laughs> this movie is fucking brutal yeah it is um so so uh, the mom helps Andy down the stairs um, outside and that's when the police show up and they uh, they're like freeze. And then instead of waiting, they just start shooting the fuck out of yeah. Andy and he just keeps walking. So the cops are shooting and the mom just <laughs> calmly gets into the driver's seat of a car. Andy gets into the passenger seat and then a police officer officer just comes up and starts shooting Andy in the stomach. Yeah, that's pretty rough. It's it is it is hard. So the mom drives away. Andy grabs the cop that's shooting him in the stomach and murder drags him as they're driving away. Yeah, he slams into a telephone pole. Yeah. That's where they lose the cop. Yeah, very hereditary style. Yeah. Um, oh, and and them shooting the back of uh, high quality 1970s cars 
makes the entire back of this 1970s car on fire. Yeah, it just bursts into flames. Yeah, yeah. So they're they're now driving around downtown Schittsburg and, and <laughs> on fire while trying to drive away from cops. And it's just like, you know, local delightful downtown shops around them and driving around the Central Park with like one bench car on fire. Yeah, they're sure to get away. Yeah, surely they will. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, and so so Andy's like telling her where to drive and he directs her to a uh, the cemetery that we saw mm -hmm. earlier and uh, they completely fuck up the cemetery gate because 1970 cars are very flammable but indestructible. <laughs> yeah. They burn like crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but they can't be damaged. Good old asbestos. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, it, uh, it, the, it they don't just crash the metal gate of the cemetery, it also destroys the brickwork, the like 10 foot high brick wall on either side of the gate. Yeah, it was pretty impressive that they managed to damage the entire gate. Yeah, and this car is just slightly dented. Yeah, <laughs> these things are, they're tanks. Yeah, the, the headlight still works. <laughs> it's like supercar. Um... And it's still actively on fire. Yeah, of course. And so then, um, and so then uh, they they get out and they run into the cemetery. And Andy is like obviously deteriorating, like just at rapid pace. And he uh, crawls into the dirt while his mom is crying. And he uh, he finds like this little like divot into the ground, and he like lays down in it and starts scooping dirt onto himself. Yeah, and his mom is like crying and trying to prevent him from doing it while he's just like wallowing in there. And then um, uh, we see uh, that uh, above him is the uh, tombstone that he was scratching on earlier, and it has his name in it with the year of his birth and year of his death carved in underneath that. Mm -hmm. And uh, the mom's just crying, and at a certain point, she she stops fighting him and just starts helping pour the dirt over him. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then we just see the his like jerkity struggles stop, and he finally just dies uh, while the police are standing around watching. And the mom starts swaying and crying, and the camera pulls away into the trees. And uh, whoa, it's over. That's the end. Credits. Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's pretty heavy stuff. Yeah, that that scene with him like trying to like crawl into the grave and bury himself. <laughs> yeah. it, that is so fucking intense. <laughs> I just want this to be over. Yeah, yeah. He's just. Oh my god! Wow. Yeah, I wasn't expecting it to to be like that. Like to end like that. I thought he would. I don't know, go out in a blaze of glory or something. Yeah. 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 Something, anything, not, not that I've never, I've never seen anything like that, that I can remember. That's pretty dark, especially for that time period. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's one of the things that I think makes this movie so good is it's, it's obviously, um, you know, it's, uh, it's at a time when a lot of horror was, you know, like vampire werewolf Frankenstein. Mm -hmm. And this, you know, like took a lot of the ideas of the vampire movies and just was like, all right, now we're going to switch it all this way. Yeah. Let's make this about something that, that, you know, is extremely timely. People yeah. are 
dealing with these exact issues right now. Yep. At least the familial issues. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was super, super timely and, and very um, like flipping the whole like vampire mythology on its head and, mm-hmm. and making it horrific in an entirely new way. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah. There's nothing, there's nothing sexy about his, his form of being a vampire. He's just, just, it's, it's like some horrible, like a disease that he's stuck with. Yep. Yeah, one of one of the few times that I can say uh, this movie would have not been as good if Christopher Lee had been in it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you can't you can't often say that. What were the the scenes that like really made this for you? I, I mean, the first time I saw his full on decayed makeup was pretty intense. Yeah, that w- that was a like one of those you know you have these moments sometimes and particularly in horror films where all of a sudden you're just like, yes, <laughs> yeah, yes. That was that moment for me. Yep. Uh, um, the, let's see, I'm trying to think of like specific scenes. I mean, there was the whole scene with the karate kid mm-hmm. where, he, where he strangles the dog. That was pretty shocking. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was a horrible thing, but it was a great scene. It was really, I really, I thought it was really effective. Uh, let's see what other, what other scene would I, would I, point to um i don't know i think just the overall feel of this movie is really kind of something that got me i liked the otherworldly quality of the lo- the shooting locations and this trying to portray this kind of version of suburban america that was so nasty and, yep. and you know so deeply flawed that these people particularly this mom just can't even function with with the idea that she would lose her son it's just, she literally just can't accept it yep and that that denial is so powerful that it, it essentially like forces him to to come back you know oh yeah i didn't think of it like that as far as like individual scenes i mean i i i think it worked better for me as a as a as a just an overall picture not not so much like specific scenes but i don't know how about you it's really hard to to pull out individual things. I mean, at the beginning of the movie, of course, the drunk guy at the diner was uh, yeah. a really great way of uh, making you think that you're going to see a movie that's not the movie that you're seeing. Um, yeah, they, uh, they they introduce these characters that just seem to be like slasher fodder. Yeah, exactly. Like all of these things that are just just ripe, but uh, but then it, it just throws it all away. Um and and then the scene with him uh, mainlining blood was really effective and and mm-hmm. took you out of out of uh, kind of took me out of the movie because it just immediately was like whoa symbolism but yeah. uh, but it was it was really good and yeah the the the, the fucking graveyard scene but also um, the whole like fucking showdown with the cops and the car on fire yeah, I don't know it, it was it was fantastic yeah. <laughs> I, I love this movie. Yeah, it, it's like concentrated awesomeness that just gets more concentrated as the story goes on. Yep. I mean, by the end, if you if you really you look back, it's it's presented, you know, like it's it's almost got this matter of fact style um, where it, it it almost has like a TV of the week feel to it, which you know at first I guess you know you could think well that's that would take away from it because it it seems to lose some of its seriousness, but as the story goes on and it's so merciless that then it becomes even heavier because you it's presented to you like something you've seen a million times. But, you know, particularly from that era, I mean, if that, if that exact same story was made now, 
with the, you know, the more kind of naturalized style of acting and all that. I mean, it would be like insanely dark. Yeah. Um, and I can imagine that it was insanely dark for that period. It might've been a little too cerebral for a lot of people, even though it's, it's not hard to follow. It's just, it's, it's heavy stuff really. Yeah. 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 You're right. I, I didn't think about the fact that it's, it's very, um, it's very like, a uh, type of uh, like a Mayberry type of town. Yeah. And so it's got just like, you know, the, the adorably annoying postman and, uh, just, just like all of these like small town characters, um, that he's returning to. Yeah. So like he's coming back from war ruined and this is all of the stuff that he was part of that he was, you know, like fully established child of this town Mm-hmm. And now he's coming back to it ruined, like a uh, horrible version of Gomer Pyle. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's a, it's such an obvious and clear analog for what people, exactly what people were dealing with at that time. You know, le- they leave and then they come home and they're just not the same. It's like they're, they've died. Yeah, and now, and now they're the disrupting factor in the thing that they were just trying to come home to. And nobody understands where they're coming from because nobody's really been through what they've been through. It's it's an alienating thing. So you, you know, and apparently it's the first film that really kind of deals with those kinds of issues. Oh, um, really? Genre or otherwise, it's one of the first anyway that that really kind of tackles that kind of subject head on. Of course, it probably got no, uh, you know, uh, attention because it's a horror film. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's a uh, it's super effective and and dark and powerful and I want to say timeless, but I think part of part of what I'm missing from it is just not having lived through all of that. Mm-hmm. So I do think that there are things that have that have like not aged quite as well. But I mean, overall, the movie is just fucking excellent. It's really like nitpicking on things that aren't great it's light on things like style or, you know, it doesn't, I don't really, like, I can't tell you what kind of a guy this director is by watching his movies. And sometimes you can kind of get a good idea for, you know, you can at least you, you, you may even be wrong, but at least you form some kind of opinion for what your, you know, what the creator of the stuff you've body of work is, you know, that you've seen But with Bob Clark. I have no idea because he, he made great stuff and he made, you know, absolutely terrible stuff, like <laughs> yep. historically terrible stuff and, and all kinds of shit in between. Um, you know, he's, he was capable of working with extremely talented actors. He was capable of making uh, extremely successful movies. And he was, you know, also c- capable of taking really good actors and making a terrible movie. I mean, I, I, I just I don't know enough about the guy to really know. And the, the, with this film, the the style is is pretty much left to the time period in which it's shot. So I don't really know necessarily what the style choices were. I think it just borrows from its own its era. Yeah, it's really just a it's just the story. And he picked a familiar setting, you know, where he grew up, and it added to the to the feel of the film. But I don't know that it was necessarily intentional or not. It may have just been a a comfort choice for him. Yeah. So there's there's some definite questions. I it you know he it would be cool to be able to interview the guy if he was still around and just kind of pick his brain to st- about stuff like that. Yeah, that that would be really cool because yeah, I mean like I, for for me you know it's it's 
it's hard for me to like put it exactly in its place. It's obvious that he's pulling inspirations from things. You know, he it's a it's a patchwork movie. It's it's directly related to the the like classic vampire movies, like including the Hammer films that were still going on at this time or mm-hmm. up to this time maybe. Um, and then you know there's there's that scene where he pulls on the gloves and it's like oh, okay he's he's there's a direct reference he's obviously influenced by giallo uh, and and then the crazy on fire car scene is some from those like awesome car chase movies of that era mm-hmm. it's just all over the place um i get the feeling that it's an important transition especially in um uh uh context of like vampire movies and it, it it feels like he's part of creating a, a new wave of what scary movies are supposed to be like especially when you put it in context with the next movie he came out with was black christmas there's yeah. like i don't know this feels like whatever this guy's creative output was like this was his apex this is at the time at which he was doing his coolest shit yeah and i think i think he was dealing with an industry that you know didn't understand what you know, that didn't take what he was doing seriously. Yeah. Um, so if he wasn't getting the ticket sales, then that was that for those folks. Yeah. And maybe that was discouraging for him. And he moved on and started doing different kinds of work. And he, he, he did find tremendous success, you know, with Porky's and A Christmas Story. I mean, those were, both of those films are huge hits. Yeah. Porky's was an enormous hit back then. I mean, it was, everyone was talking about it. I remember. <laughs> It's ridiculous because it's terrible. But. Yeah, I, I've, I've still never seen that movie just simply because I know it's famous. And then I look at like the cover and the synopsis and I'm like, why? Boy, if you want to you want to talk about problematic. Oh, God, I can only imagine. Oh, it is bad. <laughs> Jesus. It, it came on not too long ago and I. I was like, yeah, I'll watch a little bit of this. And I, I watched about five minutes and I was just like, this is, first of all, it's terrible. It's really badly made. And it, I was so uncomfortable. It was so misogynistic and, and just, you know, I mean, it's like the entire movie where they're calling each other retarded and gay and, you know, those are terrible words and, uh, but not for the right reasons. <laughs> you know, it's like terrible. They're not terrible as in don't say them. They're terrible as in these are horrible things to call people. Yeah. Are you, you know, insulted uh, by being called this? Yeah. And, you know, like, like it's perfectly okay to put a peephole in a girl's locker room and stare uh, at them while they're getting naked and stuff, you know, and, oh, I'd really like to get into her pants. You know, it's, the whole movie is like that. It's horrible. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. It's, it's brutal. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> that guy this, made this. Yeah, this movie does not uh, portend any of that business. Well, I mean, I can. Some of what you're saying right there sounds very Black Christmassy. <laughs> well, that's true. Black like, Christmas is pretty intense. Yeah, like what if Black Christmas was a goofball college comedy? Yeah, it's really impossible to like overstate how much of an influence Black Christmas had on the the future of horror films, particularly in the '80s. Yep. Yeah, that's that's one of the things that that I really liked about seeing the black gloves in this movie is seeing like, oh, okay, yeah. So he didn't just like happen upon, you know, creating the slasher genre. He was like, oh, yeah, Giallo. Let's do Mm -hmm. this American style. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'm not a huge fan of Giallo. But one thing that Giallo does really well is set that menacing kind of, you know, atmosphere and that creepy quality when the 
the killer is stalking somebody is pretty effective. And he does, he does definitely borrow from that. Yeah. I, I, I don't enjoy, I'm not a, a fan of a good Giallo movie, but I can appreciate the, uh, the place it has in, in the um, influence on the genre over time. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's, there's something about them that for some reason, the misogyny and the the hatred towards women is, is, is just, it's just overbearing. It's really it's very difficult to watch for me. Yeah. Yeah. The last time I tried to watch one, I stopped whenever it was, uh, uh, yes, the, uh, vagina stabber strikes again. And I was like, okay, I know it's like, okay, can we, can, do we have to be that literal? Yeah. Dude, calm down. <laughs> you understand that there's an entire gender out there that is, deals, deals with this kind of stuff every day. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to make some creepy reference to it. Jeez. Yeah. Let's see. What else? What, what, are there any other things that you would like to say about this movie, John? This is one of those movies that, or it's it's one of the, another one of these instances where something in culture really just kind of seems to fall through the cracks for whatever reason, and uh, really just never gets the credit that it deserves. This movie is definitely in that category. Yep. And I know there's a number of reasons why these things happen, and and everything can't get the credit that it deserves. Uh, but it's a shame, you know, because this movie really does deserve a lot of credit, especially if you're a horror fan. This is a must. I mean, you have to see it. Yeah. Um, and, and if you're if you're not necessarily a horror film, but you like good movies, I think this is, you know, if you can overlook the fact that it's the 70s and it, it's going to have trappings of the 70s in it. Uh, I don't think that, that there's so much of that that it should distract from this being an enjoyable movie to watch. Yeah, I mean, there there was. A, a moment or two where it slows down, but it's, it's at no point was I bored. Right. Yeah. And, and I am a, I am a millennial. I, I get bored. I get bored at good movies. Yeah. I didn't get bored with this movie. Yeah. No, it, it moves pretty well for the most part. I think the pacing is, is pretty good. So there are some moments where it, it does tend to slow down, but it's true. It never, never gets out of hand. Yep. So yeah, definitely. If you, listened all the way through all of this and you haven't watched it you should go watch it it's fantastic it's a lot of fun you can find it free online um so good yeah <laughs> totally worth free yeah absolutely <laughs> worth free uh you're probably gonna have to watch some ads that's true yeah, yeah. so that's not free no yeah that's not a fortunate son <laughs> no that that gets taken right out of your soul yeah i know for don't look back now or whatever. I'm so good at movie titles. I gave it kind of, a, I think I gave it an obligatory five out of five. I don't uh -huh. know. That's not the real score, but I, for, for this movie, I tried to find things where, where I could actually like knock it down a peg, but it's, I, I couldn't. So I gave this movie my first fully non-obligatory, just actually five out of five. Excellent. That's fantastic. I, uh, I would give it, uh, I was thinking about this after I, the last time I watched it and I, I guess I would give it a four. I think it's, I really, really liked it. There was something about the, the lack of style, I guess, where I, f I feel like he, he told the story remarkably well. It was, it was a really original idea. I wish I had seen it in the 70s all right, because I'd be curious how it would have impacted me then. Old. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, if if I had seen it in in that that year, I would have been way too young to even have any idea what yeah. was going on. But, oh, horrible but, little ruined John. <laughs> yeah, but still would have been alive. But, yeah. Uh, um, but uh, no, I mean, it wasn't. I don't think it's the, like it's not the kind of movie that I'll watch over and over again. Um, and I don't tend to do that too much with horror films. But I mean, if it's something that you know, was on TV all the time, which it isn't. But if it was, I probably wouldn't watch it all the time. And I was just kind of adding up in my mind, you know, how how much how much of an impact would this movie have on me if I was just watching it? And I, I mean, I think a four for me is probably a reasonable rating. Absolutely. That's great. So that, that puts it uh, at a compiled nine out of ten. That's pretty good for us. Yeah, yeah. I, we really, obviously, we really like this movie a lot. And, yeah. and I mean, I, I would sing this movie's praises, you know, to anybody. I mean, I think it's great. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 a it's a great piece of the history of horror cinema, and also it's just entirely enjoyable and uh, moving to watch. Like, oh my god, that that it, the end of that movie is just incredible. It was not something that I was fully prepared for, and it took me a while to like actually wrap my brain around like all of the symbolism of it, which I'm still not certain that i have you know it's funny yeah as we're talking yeah as we're talking about it and i'm thinking about you know that the, the actors uh john marley and uh, uh what was her name lynn lynn carlin yeah i'm scrolling uh, i'm scrolling yeah mary lynn, lynn or marie lynn carlin or something like that yeah. um the film of faces the cassavetti's film is it's not a horror film but it's it might as well be i mean the emotions are so raw and not that he is known for that. This is not the only movie where he does that, but um, the, the acting in that film is so intense and so raw that it could almost be horror. I mean, the hopelessness that you feel watching these people fight and, and like how real it, it, how natural it all is, because if I remember it's improvised, um, it's uh it's a very daunting film. So I, I mean, if this movie had had that kind of emotional intensity, in it, <laughs> it would have been, like top five greatest horror films of all time. Yeah. Um, and, and having saying that and having that thought makes me wonder, um, because if I think this was made after faces, correct? Correct. And so you've got to imagine that, that Clark saw it. I mean, since he, he hired both of the lead actors from the damn thing. I, I wonder if that was something that he, wanted to kind of inject some of that emotional realism. And if, if he was getting pushback from the financiers. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's possible. That that's, that goes back to you talking about how cool it would have been to interview him about this. Yeah. Because um, I mean, that really would have, you know, I, oh man, <laughs> I'd be so curious. <laughs> yeah. It's also possible that he like, just really liked that spunk that they had together and wanted to get a little bit of that in there, but didn't want to focus on it too much. True. We don't know that he could just be like a real shitty guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They, I mean, they're, they, yeah, their performance together is great in in uh, in both films. Really, I mean, yeah. they they uh, in this movie they're despicable people. I guess in the other movie they kind of are too, but they're really just more real people struggling with you know a dissolving marriage. Uh, which makes the but can bring out the worst in anyone, really. Yeah. I mean, yeah, in, in this movie, they're 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 not handling a very important situation in American history well. Like they're they're doing a bad job of what a lot of people had to face in that time. Yeah, 
Yeah. I, and the mother literally cannot accept reality. Yep. And, and the, be, the dad can't really either. Yeah, in his own in his own way, he's he's you know disassociated himself from it. Yeah, I mean, he, this is a guy that was able to come back from World War II without having these problems that his son is having, and he fucking kills himself. Yeah, it yeah. is. It is super intense it is it is really good i mean i love i love just the fucking idea of this movie like what if we did a uh you know johnny comes back from war and now he's a horrible vampire and he the family has to deal with all of the things that normal families have to deal with whenever a soldier comes back from war and they're fucked up but he's not just fucked up he's a vampire (laughs) right yeah yeah, the more it's funny. The more we talk about it, the more I just, it just I realize like how fucking awesome it is. Yeah, it's very impressive. <laughs> it's crazy that it just never really, just, just. I mean, I didn't know about it until I, you know, stumbled across it, looking, doing like, looking for stuff to to watch. You know. Yep. Yep. I'd never heard of it until you mentioned it, and uh, yeah, that's it's it's fucking fantastic. It was. I also like I uh, we we talked about uh, Black Christmas uh, off air, and I I watched it and enjoyed it, but I'd never thought to look up the director. Like I hadn't thought about it in the context of this podcast where we look at the directors and their rest of their work. So I was just completely unaware. Yeah, I was too. And you know, because I, anytime I had read stuff or, or, you know, watched stuff about black Christmas, I never, nobody ever really talks so much about Bob Clark other than to immediately shift John Carpenter and talk about how much of an impact uh, it had on, carpenter which is kind of ironic because the whole idea was to try to point out how cool this this piece of work was that bob clark put out so to show how cool it is they immediately shift to john carpenter (laughs) and talk about how cool john carpenter's work is (laughs) which don't get me wrong i fucking love halloween um yeah and i love john carpenter but if you're going to give credit to this dude give credit to him because he's fucking great yep Yep. And when this guy was fi- firing on all cylinders, man, he was awesome. Yep. When was, wait, when was Friday the 13th? When did that movie come out? I'm going to guess it was like 1980, maybe. Okay, I'm looking it up because I was just thinking of that. Mm-hmm. From, oh, yeah, 1980. Good one. So, so yeah, and this movie is, you know, all those mouth sounds. It's just Andy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean this this movie is like a, a fucking a fucking missing link in in horror cinema. Yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of stuff that yeah. You, this is the first place where you see it. Yeah, and, and absolutely, even though technically he didn't he didn't really make the first movie where you know some knife wielding killer goes around murdering people. That those there were movies like that in the fifties and the forties. You know, I mean they weren't. They were pretty tame in the 40s, but by the 50s, they were getting pretty lurid. Yeah. I don't think there were a whole lot of uh, crystal uh, unicorn statuette-wielding murderers, though. No, and and Black (laughs) Christmas is definitely a leap. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like saying, well, uh, you know, in heavy metal, uh, you know, you can argue, well, did Black Sabbath, were they the first metal band, or was it like Led Zeppelin? It's like, well... Uh, I mean, let's get real. If you're going to compare between those two, it's fucking Black Sabbath. Yeah. I mean, you but know. But it's, it's King Crimson. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, so it's like, is it is it Halloween? Is it Friday the 13th? Is it, uh, there's this another one where 
there's this deranged killer that, that kills women and blah, blah, blah. It's like a 50s movie. Maybe it was a 60s movie. Ooh. Very much a slasher, um, you know, that, that I could easily see could have influenced these later movies. But this movie is is definitely a thing unto itself. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's a piece of art. For sure. Yep. So so go see it. We give it a, a 9 out of 10. We were both impressed uh, to the point of being a little blown away. Yeah, and uh, it's it's crazy because it's out there. It's on free streaming services, and it's it's an obvious classic that just isn't talked about. Yeah. So yep. and and it 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 deserves its place in horror history because it's uh, it's it's great and it's influential. Yep. Yep. Absolutely, it's fantastic. So that's a nine out of ten from us. Um, uh, final thought on the movie, John. Uh, go watch it. Tell us what you guys think about it. That's uh, a good point. We love to we love to interact with folks about this stuff. That's part of the fun. If you want to reach out to us, you can reach out to us on Facebook at Loathsome Podcast or at Twitter or Instagram at Loathsome Pod. And uh, watch the or listen to the next episode of Loathsome Things. I mean, you can watch it too, but it's not much that's going to happen. It's not real good to watch. It would be like watching an Iranian film from the 90s. Oh, okay. Hey, yo! That was such a stupid joke. John, say bye to the nice people. Goodbye, nice people. (laughs) 